When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Bring on the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson. A little bit of throwback episode today. We've got Derek Smith joining us. Derek, how are you? I'm great. It's late here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, up in the, the great north of Wisconsin. It's yeah. Tough. It's been dark yeah. since like four o'clock. Yeah. And and we've also, of course, have our favorite uh, Baylor guy, Matt Wilson. Uh, and Matt, <laughs> our favorite a... Baylor uh, guy? <laughs> we don't know what he is. We have no idea. Well, you've got, you've got a podcast okay. now. It's Between Two Bears or something. It is. Yeah. So Evan Bear <laughs> and myself, see, there's a little wordplay there. Did you, did you catch oh, that? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Between Two Bears. And we recognized pretty early on, I'm, I'm, even a year or two ago, that there was already really smart quality qualified people talking about Baylor sports in really smart, intelligent ways. But there wasn't really anybody just like, I, I don't know. There seems to be a reluctance to like focus on the bullshit of, and can we like, there's so much stupidness in the big 12 and especially surrounding <laughs> Baylor. Like yeah. somebody needs to give that it's due. And that's what Evan and I do. We don't break down games that much. We don't like talk X's and O's. We barely talk Jimmy's and Joe's. It's more so just like, <laughs> who's hurting? Who's feeling the worst this weekend? And why is that funny? And so, yeah, it, it's a good time. It is not serious and it's not for kids. So we're having a good time. Okay. Well, that being said, let's break down the Kansas State Baylor game. Absolutely. At a, at a very <laughs> analytical level. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, you know, I was hoping last week that we were going to be able to maybe talk on this podcast about how Baylor um, is not among the top three and, and Kansas state put the top three in the start of the More season, fun. but now it's kind of impossible to uh, <laughs> to deny that at this point after the, the bears knocked off OU. I mean, how much of a surprise is it for you given they, they were ranked eighth behind Kansas state in the preseason pool. So it, it's funny it because I took a screenshot of the CBS Sports preseason predictions for all of the teams. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of listening to Tom Fornelli and Chip Patterson and Bud Elliott. Um, not so much Danny Cannell, but those guys on the uh, Cover 3 podcast. I enjoy the way they think about football quite a bit. But both Tom Fornelli and Chip Patterson had ranked like Texas third and Baylor like eighth or ninth. Yeah, exactly. And that's a bit extreme. So I'm glad I called him out on that. But if you asked most of the Baylor fans prior to the season, hey, what would be a successful season? It would be bowl game, six, seven wins, you know, and nobody really knew what the ceiling would be. 
because we, we kind of knew what the floor would be the year prior to this. It wasn't pretty. And, you know, credit to Dave Randa for making the decision as quickly as he did to get rid of the offensive staff and completely retool that because Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos have created this wide zone running system that is just beating people into the ground, especially in the second half of games. And Baylor sees itself, you know, not completely in control of their own destiny, but pretty dang close. And uh, yeah, I think if anybody said, no, I'm not surprised, they'd be lying. So it's a pleasant surprise. So I guess then switching to that offense, I mean, uh, the biggest guy on there that's kind of come out of nowhere, at least for us outsiders, is Abram Smith. And, you know, he's a dude that was a top rated running back coming into college. They actually switched into the linebacker and he was struggling to do much as a running back. And then he's kind of exploded this year. He's the Big 12's leading rusher right now. You know, how is that attributable to the offense? Like, I mean, how do you how do you have a guy like that? What why do they switch him to defense and I'll have him come back? And I just I don't know. If you were asking happens. me, as somebody who played running back in high school, why they switched a running back to linebacker, uh, I have no idea because I, I don't know. <laughs> Abram Smith is not shy away from contact, as you can plainly see when you watch him run. But yeah, linebacker was not his calling. Baylor's found something special in this guy. He's, I think, already top five in uh, rushing yards in a season, only behind like Lake Seastrunk and Terrence Gainaway, I think. And he's on pace to break it. And it would be a phenomenal revelation for that to happen because nobody saw this coming, this offensive reclamation project right right now Baylor is running the wide zone runs that they run more efficiently than 50 teams are passing the ball think about that on wide zone runs they are more efficient than 50 teams when those 50 teams pass the ball it's it's really really effective and you know there are there are games where Tristan Ebner will have a better game than than not. There are games where Tristan Ebner, you know, won't really be as decisive as you want a running back to be, but they do play off each other and they save Abram Smith for the second half. A lot of the times they swap him out series to series. But this offense, just as a general, you know, the motto from Grimes and Mateos is RVO, reliably violent offense, and they've lived up to it. It is violent from the first snap and it gets increasingly violent as the game goes along. Well, the really scary thing about Abram Smith is it's not like, you know, he kind of came out in defenses, didn't know what to do with him, and then he started to contain. Like, he's been getting better as the season goes on. I think he's at four straight 100-plus yard games now. He's been getting better as the season goes along, but he's also getting better as the game goes along, the individual game. I think some of that is game plan. There are adjustments that this Baylor staff will hold on to until after halftime on the offensive side you you saw that with how Gary Bahannon was asked to run the ball more in the second half versus OU but yeah man it's just it's super fun if you can as a fan get through that first half understanding that hey this is just a grind they're feeling out the other team just wait until the second half then it becomes a lot more palatable but yeah it's it's a vast difference from last season yeah, and I feel like we should just put out some of these numbers real quick. He's averaging 120, like 220 yards per game, 7.3 yards per carry, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> and um, so, you, I mean, you go back, and it seems like a long time ago now, but when Baylor lost to Iowa State, that was the one game he was contained pretty well. I think he had under 50 yards. Um, well, the cool part is that Baylor didn't lose to Iowa State, but they did lose to Oklahoma <laughs> State. 
<laughs> I thought that was cool, personally. I enjoyed beating <laughs> Iowa State. If if we're asking about my personal opinion, I thought it was good that we beat Iowa State. When we lost to Oklahoma State, I thought that was bad. And this is kind of the analysis you'll get on between two. Players. So if you're looking for that, just hop, <laughs> just hop on over. Yeah, that Oklahoma State game was rough on multiple uh, levels. Okay, well, sorry about that. But Iowa State did hold Smith down pretty well, right? So, I mean, what did they do to, to contain him? Well, I mean, Iowa State holds everybody down in the second half. Yeah, I don't think they've true. allowed more than a couple touchdowns this season in the second half. Matt Campbell, when he's, you know, not making special teams mistakes, you know, he's a really good defensive head coach. And so, yeah, that Iowa State team just gets stronger as the game goes along. And, yeah, it, 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 was, it, was, it was a frustrating watch, but we got the win, so. And so then, I mean, how much does that kind of make it or allow coaches, I guess, to keep things simple for Gary Bohannon, your sophomore, you know, first year starter quarterback? It's it's a really not weird case, but it's just a um, nuanced case. What's going on with Gary Bohannon? Because early on in the season versus like Texas State and a couple of the FCS or low level FBS teams. Like the deep passes weren't really there. Then they they showed up a little bit in the first half versus Iowa State, and they showed up big versus West Virginia. But some of these deep, you know, down the field passes really haven't been there in terms of an accuracy standpoint from Gary. So there's definitely improvement that could happen, but for the most part, takes pretty good care of the ball, with the exception of you know the TCU game uh, and Oklahoma State for that matter. When he takes care of the ball, this offense can do everything it needs to do. He can throw to the wide side of the field, which is not something Baylor has gotten from the quarterback position the last couple of years. And he puts a really good zip on the ball most of the time. So he's, I think, whatever the pejorative that you would use for the quarterback that is one or two levels above game manager, that's what Gary is. Because Gary can go out there and win you a game, but he's not going to carry the team at this point. We we just haven't seen that yet. He might be able to, but we just haven't seen it. Okay. And then, I mean, we've got a, a very experience offensive line a lot of older guys i mean how much starting experience do those guys have i'm guessing it's it's quite a bit i mean it's uh, well in uh in mathematical terms it's one more year than last year uh for the player <laughs> um Thanks, but, but on that but on that note last year a lot of the same guys but if you look at the offensive line last year they were awful it's just they were just awful charlie brewer was running for his life every game every other snap but it just goes to show you what an impact of cohesive coaching can do. That group is playing like a unit that extremely disciplined compared to last season. You have seen barely any false start penalties. It's really remarkable to watch. If you had to pinpoint one area of improvement that has impacted this team the most, it's the offensive line and how well they're playing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's so weird to see a better team so relying on the run and it's That's very weird. I can tell you fans yeah. have no idea how to handle it inside the stadium. It's <laughs> getting a little bit better now. But like every time a deep pass is missed, it, they think it's the end of the world. And if it's a three-yard <laughs> run, they're just like, mm. but a three-yard run is exactly what we're looking for because those three-yard runs in the second quarter have very reliably turned into five- and seven-yard runs and sometimes 75-yard runs in the third and fourth quarter. So it's just it, it's a different paradigm for us. Yeah, maybe the Chiefs could learn something from that because I feel like every once in a while they could focus more on that and worry less about trying to connect on a deep ball every time. 
Uh, we yeah. got to throw him. We got to throw him left-handed. No look. We got to yeah. throw him left-handed. No look, buddy. Throw deep to Daryl Williams. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, just like they drew it up on that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so then you've got. I mean, Tyquan Thornton, obviously a very talented guy. You know, would you say his kind of inconsistencies as far as the numbers are more attributable to just kind of the way the offense is and Gary Bohannon's limitations, or is that something that, that he needs to improve on? Uh, Tyquan Thornton would probably have two or three more touchdowns than he does right now if Gary had put the ball where it needed to be on a couple of occasions. So, yeah, there's a statistical lag there, probably due to the quarterback play. But the other part of this is... You know, it, most of the time, if, if we are, if Baylor's running the ball like they need to, then a lot of those passes that would normally go to Taekwon over the middle of the field, they're now comeback routes. Just the yak opportunities aren't as present as they used to be. Still a very good, talented, impactful player, but you might see two or three more touchdowns, you know, if, if Gary had put the ball in the money. Yeah. yeah. So... Derek, I mean, you have any thoughts on how this Kansas State defense is going to be able to, to handle such a run-heavy team? I have no <laughs> idea how they're going to – I mean, the thing about what I've seen – and granted, I, I better put out the disclaimer that I've watched like nine and a half quarters of football, <laughs> football this year. So I examined a lot of stats leading up to this podcast. But uh, – yeah, my baby has kind of eaten up my life. And so I haven't watched a lot of football this year. Yeah. But I'm really interested to see how this game is going to shake out because I was fairly certain after seeing the score and the highlights of the Baylor-Oklahoma game that this was going to be a pretty depressing Saturday until the line came out. And then I was very confused because I don't so, understand how um, this is a one what is the line. What is the line? One uh, point. It it opened at senior day. So. Yeah, it opened up at Kansas State minus two. Look, man, like Manhattan's a tough place to play. <laughs> Nobody wants to go play there. Like that's not fun. Yeah. It's a great environment. And Kansas State, like this, in my opinion, this Kansas State team disciplined, right? And it there's pieces. Like nobody's especially, you know, excited about trying to tackle any of the uh of course, now I the only player that I respect for being short in the entire country, and I can't remember his name. Anybody, please. Deuce Vaughn. Thank you. Deuce Vaughn. Goodness gracious. So disrespectful. Put that on a that bulletin extremely board. Extremely disrespectful. Put that on a bulletin board in Manhattan immediately. No, like nobody wants to try to tackle him. You know, it's it's very easy to get put on your butt because you know you think he's going one way and then he's definitely not. This Kansas State season has been very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would have thought you would yeah. have more respect for short people. I do. People. I love Deuce Vaughn. He is so much fun. He is not afraid. Yeah. I love watching him play. I am also yeah. just old and tired, so sometimes I can't remember <laughs> my own name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how every week the announcers, you know, pretend it's some novel concept that he runs up the middle and not just wide. Like, oh, and now uh, here, yeah, here's a here's a short guy, but he runs like a big guy. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> not surprised. He was doing this last year too, guys. It wasn't. It's, this isn't crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, Matt, you said the K State season has been very interesting, and you're not 
wrong about that. It's been anything if not very exciting. And yeah, like you never know what you're going to get week to week. I mean, it's getting a little more consistent now, which is kind of weird. I don't know I, what to do with my hands. Well, seven to three <laughs> has to be has to be like well, a positive see, in your mind, right? I, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Oh, for yeah. Me, like looking at it, I, I think. And I thought this at the time as well. Like there, there was way too much panic after K State went 0 3 against three of the at least the top five, you know, in the sure. conference. Like, yeah, sure. At, it's not at like that they were time, blown off the field either. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. At that so, time, those were the three yeah. best teams in the conference because nobody really knew what Baylor was yet. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Oklahoma State might be. And Iowa State the hadn't gotten close to ten wins. what is going on like did anybody actually buy the iowa state gonna win the conference thing did anybody buy it because i didn't i there was no way yeah we'll have to go back we did a preseason podcast we're we're on record me and jt is saying we don't didn't did not believe in Iowa state so does not make sense does not make sense but you go out and you beat the teams you're supposed to yeah. beat, sometimes a little closer than you you know it should be with Texas Tech. And but you go take care mm-hmm. of TCU. What yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought that Stanford win to open the season was very indicative of the kind of team this Kansas State team is. Just disciplined, mm-hmm. we'll take what's there mm-hmm. and then go about their business and move on. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly and that's what you guys did Oregon. against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, going back to that line, I I want to say like last week the line opened at K State by six and a half at home against West Virginia. So that's crazy to me that that would only be four and a half more points than than Baylor. That seems yeah. And look, it's just a matter of fact that Baylor has not been good away from home the last couple of seasons, right? An embarrassing game against TCU a couple of weeks ago, and you know just not a great offensive performance against Oklahoma State back in September. So or early October. And, you know, so it's just, it's just a matter of fact, Baylor is not as good as uh, on the road as they are at home. And I realize that's a very simple statement, but it is a dramatic effect for this Baylor team. So I, I it and makes I think, sense. Yeah. I think it also matters that, you know, those lines aren't necessarily indicative of what they believe will happen. They're, they're more of how they believe the gamblers will Bet, right. right and exactly maybe there still aren't as many that, that know about baylor at this point so yeah that's probably a factor as well yeah, yeah. almost assuredly mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be an interesting game for sure and 4 30 for the kickoff what what's up with that <laughs> i think i think baylor played a 3 30 game or maybe it was a 4 30 game earlier this season and it is extremely weird I mean, you do get to go watch the 11 a.m. kickoffs, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 4.30 is very odd because it takes up that entire evening slot without being an evening slot game. It's, it's odd. Yeah, I've been paying, you know, a little bit of attention to kickoff times for K-State because we're getting to that time of the year where everything is 11 o'clock. And um, oh, yes. And I was thinking that this one was going to be 11 o'clock as well, which works out great for me because then I get the afternoon. And Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I looked at the time for the kickoff next week and I was like, 4.30? Who kicks a football yeah. game off at 4.30? And then you got that Michigan State-Ohio State is at, 9 a- is at 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, big nude Saturday. I'm sure. Oh, I'm that? sure that's a big nude yeah. Saturday game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you got that Charleston-Southern Georgia classic. So. You got to. 
you got to. the one. SEC is the <laughs> SEC boy. A lot of a lot of weird things going on with SEC teams or future SEC teams. Uh, did, you that, did you see that transition? Did you see that? Did you hear that? That was good. <laughs> oh man, do we want to do we want to jump into that now? <laughs> it's it's right there. So can I can I lead it with a question okay. for you guys though? Sure. Like I as much as anybody loves seeing Texas lose. It is very fun for me. But with Texas losing to Kansas, is there any bitterness? Any like is it it is it bittersweet for you guys when it's Kansas doing that? What's the relationship there? I'll, I'll go first. I want to point out that I am not only a Kansas State fan by birth, but also a Mizzou alum. So my hatred for Kansas runs deep. And <laughs> yeah. I stand by the fact that it would have been funnier if Kansas had blown a 21 point lead and lost that game, especially after that interception late. So it, it would have been, yes, I agree. It would have been very funny, but it would not have been as nationally funny, right? I think you guys are in a rough spot. Care. I understand. I think you personally are in the roughest spot here, but yeah. I don't yeah. know, Derek. What, what I doing? thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so it was so good. It, well, I, think, I think the consensus of K State fans was they were rooting for KU. So I'm in the minority here. I went to Yeah, that. I mean the fact that the and correct me if I'm wrong, I very well could be wrong about this, but the only Big Twelve team to lose to KU in the last hmm. five years is hmm. Texas. Multiple and they've times. done it hmm. twice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. When you and, take into account, you know, their athletic department and the amount of money they bring in and how much they think their shit doesn't stink because of that, it's <laughs> it's pretty funny. And guys, <laughs> it wasn't like just a Texas was kind of rusty game. Kansas in those first two drives drove it right up Texas's gut for 75 yards, two drives in a row. And at that point, you're saying this Texas team might've quit just a little bit. Now it ended up that they came back, but it just ultimately funny, rewarding Saturday of college football last week. Just so good. Yeah, I had so yeah. much fun. I had so much fun. Yeah. yeah. To give you guys a little bit of idea of how out of touch I am this year, I was watching the KU game and texting with a buddy of mine. And I just happened to see something fly across the screen about Texas. And I saw their record and I was like, wow, that's terrible. So I looked, <laughs> I looked at to see who all they lost to, and I saw that Steve Sarkeesian was their coach. And I'm like, <laughs> what oh planet? Boy. What planet are we on? What's, what's happening? We're on. A and then after where, after where? last week, I thought, well, that's not gonna be anymore. He's fired, but somehow he kept his job. Well, I mean, how much is his buyout? I mean, I know it's Texas, but it's got to be a massive. Buyout. I think it, I think it's around seven million. Look, Texas might not make a bowl. Like you guys. <laughs> On Friday, November twenty sixth, we'll have Might the opportunity. Not, but... We'll have the opportunity to deny Texas a bowl game. That's and only that is, if they beat West Virginia. That's only that's if they happen. I, that's only if they beat West Virginia. I think West Virginia is so Jekyll and Hyde that who knows what happens, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, man, like Texas, I'd say the likelihood is that they miss a bowl. It is remarkably funny to me. Yeah. I love it. It's it's very good. It is. And it's, it's interesting, though. Um, one thing that I didn't necessarily expect from this is, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've seen some other people talking, well, okay, you could maybe win their last two games. Like, 
that, that's right, been their takeaway. Let's calm down. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Look, their 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 quarterback is their freshman quarterback is fun, but I don't I don't I don't know about all that. But yeah, I'll, you'll have to prove it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We got a good look at all three of KU's quarterbacks in K State KU game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was fun. No, so I actually have a, a Texas fan here that I know, and sometimes I feel bad for him because he's he's been dealt some rough hands in his life the last few years, no. like a lot, lot worse things than Texas no. football. But he's also a big Texas fan, and no. um, we were gonna we were planning to get together the day of Thanksgiving and watch that game. Mm-hmm. And even before the Kansas game, actually, it was after the Iowa State game, their fourth straight loss. He texted me and said, "Sorry, man, I, I have to cancel. Like, I'm just done with Texas football." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but, it, it, as long as we keep hearing that Texas is back from a large percentage of their fan base and or players and or coaches and or boosters, you're going to catch the slander like you, you just yeah. are, whether it be basketball or football. You can't go out and lose to Abilene Christian in the first game of the tournament and then lose to Kansas in, in football after that mm-hmm. and just be like, I, I hope you feel bad for me. No, that's not how it works. Not in this household. Yeah. And I don't do this often, but I want to give who were chanting SEC in Austin loud enough that it was audible on the broadcast. Just <laughs> so remarkable. There's a thread of uh, just pictures of one Kansas State fan in the student You just said Kansas State fan. I'm sorry. Of a Kansas, my apologies. My apologies. Of the Kansas fan in the student section. Just his facial expressions as the game progressed. Yeah, one of the I, best I threads that. of the year. One of the best threads of the year. I say yeah. I, I said Kansas State on accident. Just look, the Wildcat fan base is honestly one of my favorite in the Big Twelve. I truly, truly mean that. Well, I, that's just because of us, man. Uh, it, it's, it's <laughs> it, you know, it is influenced by that for sure. But honestly, <laughs> like the way Kansas State is building the program, it's just it seems like they're doing it the right way. And I'm a fan of it. I think it's great. I think a good Kansas State program is good for the Big 12. And it's fun because it's yeah. it sucks to play there. It sucks to the Kansas State <laughs> when the talents there is never fun to play against. It's just not. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. good, ironically. Yeah. And the fan base is going to be riled up on Saturday. That's oh, for boy. Sure. So yeah. And yeah, it'll be yeah. it'll be a fun environment for you guys, I'm sure. Okay. I have to go back to Texas. One more one more thing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, just look at it this way, Luke. In 2024, is it? Missouri will have finally have shoulders to stand on in the <laughs> Hey, Missouri won last Saturday. Beat South Carolina, right? So Yeah, I was on the wrong I was on the wrong side of that. I took South Carolina plus one and uh it just was not mm, did not but work out that way. Any any happiness I got from that game is gone because today Mizzou basketball lost by double digits to Missouri Kansas City. I guess it's yeah. Kansas City now. But yeah, I yeah. saw that. I that was um that was, uh, not, not the best. Not the best. It just means more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors. And we are back. But you guys want to go back to? Yeah, love them. <laughs> Let's go back uh, real quick to talk about the other side of the ball, and that's the, you know the Baylor defense. The thing that jumps out most to me is that they're leading the Big Twelve in interceptions. Uh, that that worries me a little bit because Skyler has been, you know, mostly decent at taking care of the ball, but 
he does every once in a while have issues with their interceptions. You know, how much is that a strength of this better defense or has that just been luck for them this year? You know, I, I think turnovers in general are going to be somewhat luck, right? I, I think that's been mathematically proven. It rarely sustainable year to year. But the thing that the Aranda defense does well is it isolates. They try to waste blockers, right? Double team somebody that doesn't need to be double teamed or, you know, have a blocker completely free, not blocking anybody and really trying to isolate any rushers, whether it be, you know, a fourth lineman or a linebacker on the running back if, if they're staying in for protection. So you're not generating pressure with four linemen all the time or with, you know, an additional fifth or sixth rusher. You're, you're trying to do it out of your base set, right? And because of that, you're able to play a pretty conservative style of football in the secondary. Now, mm-hmm. what does that come up with? If you're able to get home, if you're able to generate a pass rush, that offers a lot of opportunities for safeties to come over and make a play. So that has happened on occasion. And honestly, the other part of it is our cornerbacks, while undersized, and there's no denying it, they are undersized. You can high point the ball on them most of the time. BYU showed that and TCU showed that for sure. You know, it's their ball skills are pretty good. So I think most of it can be attributed to the pass rush, but also just a couple of ball hawks back there. Kalen Barnes. And Jalen Petrie, you know, kind of that hybrid role. They know what they're doing. And uh, Terrell Bernard, I think, has a couple interceptions as well. So everybody has an eye for the ball. But I think it's mostly generated by that pass rush. So if the opposing quarterback can get spooked a little bit, you know, that's where the mistakes have come. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I think Skyler's done a better job of being comfortable in the pocket and handling the pressure. So that's been that's been nice to see. Derek, I don't You might have an interesting perspective on this. I know, you know, we've talked about it a lot. On here, you know, we, we, JT and I watch them week to week. And, you know, like you said, you maybe haven't watched as much. So, like, maybe you can appreciate more of what a big leap he's taken since last season. Yeah, absolutely. Not even last season since he got hurt. It seems mm-hmm. like he's a different guy than he was in the first two games this year. It really does. Like, I don't know. I mean, I was really hopeful coming into the year with this being what his eighth year now that he would really take off and and somehow you know be a different guy than he's been you know for 18 years or whatever it's been yeah, but i'm gonna keep this is his yeah yeah so anyway but honestly though i really thought you know there might be a big leap this year i don't know why i just was hopeful i guess but uh and then, you know, the first game of the season, he threw a couple ducks and I was like, ah, you know, it's same old, same old uh, Skyler. You know, he's not going to like elevate his game to the point where he's going to take us, you know, take over a game and win it for us. Just kind of be like what Matt said, you know, that pejorative for two levels above a game manager. That's a perfect description of what Skyler's been for. I okay let's you guys are not (laughs) doing right by him I really like Skylar Thompson I there he can get he has those blackout drives where he just goes completely his eyes go completely white like in Dune and he's calculating everything ahead of time and he's just hitting people man I really enjoy the way he plays (laughs) when he's done it I agree with you you know that's that's the thing yeah you know I'm not usually a big believer in emotions in college football and and big games and everything, but this is Skylar Thompson's last game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You know, you, you oh, got to wow. believe 
that he's going to be super hyper-focused and, and the guys are really going to want to play for him. Yeah, and is it not true that as of last week, he is the winningest quarterback in Kansas State history? I believe that that's true. That would be true. That's yeah. remarkable. And yeah. I'm kind of nervous because uh, Baylor has not played well when the other team has a large emotional, you know, motivation, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, TCU wanted to show everybody that they could do it without Gary or something. I'm not exactly sure what their motivation there was, but <laughs> uh, but whatever it was, they use it really well. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. it's, I, yeah. You mean, I should say, I've always liked Skyler. I've never particularly disliked him. He's just not ever been somebody that I've like felt like when the game's on the line, I'm like, okay, Skyler's got this. Every time the game has been on the line when he's been quarterback, I've always been worried, <laughs> like very worried. And I might be alone in that, but I feel like he's had some, he's been really strong in a lot of fourth quarters. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I agree with that necessarily. I think he's, he's shown. Yeah, I don't to be know. I don't know what it is. I just, you know, last year was a weird year and he didn't, you know, play after what was it? The fourth game or something like that. I don't even remember, but, uh, and but the year before that, I just didn't ever feel particularly comfortable. Although they did win eight games, I believe, in 2019. So mm-hmm. you know, but I do think like he's a different. There's no question he's a different guy this year, and especially in the last you know however many games it's been since he came back. He's he, something happened. I don't know what it was, but his game just took a you know. He took it to another level, and I, I don't know if we could credit coaching for that or just him realizing that yeah. he's only got a couple games left. But uh, well, you know, we and, talked about it a little bit, JT and I together, and then even we talked with Ben Adler a little bit, and he kind of agreed with us as well that um, you know when Skyler got hurt and he couldn't really use his leg very much, he had to focus more on the passing. And also, Ben talked about how he, you know, the offensive line told him, "Hey, we got you, bro." Like that made that a real point of emphasis and he got more comfortable in the pocket and just became a lot better passer. And I think started going through his reads more. So even now that he is back to where he can kind of run pretty well, he's still staying in the pocket longer and being a better passer. So, yeah. And in that tech game, it just felt like he just took, like, I didn't see the game. I saw the highlights and the stats. And I remember when I opened up the stat line of that game, I was like, holy crap, because he had – it was like 19 of 30 for 400 yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really upsetting that you guys got to play Coach Killer this year on a couple <laughs> different occasions. That, that's usually Baylor's role. And I, yeah. I don't know. It's that, a bit I feel insulting, like that was, honestly. Yeah, I, it kind of is. <laughs> no, because – like the way it happened, you guys are a good team. Like, there's no, you can't. Well, no, no, we up. know that. You yeah. know that. But yeah. when people see it nationally, they're like, oh, they fired their coach after losing to Kansas State. That's the it, narrative. So, Texas Tech, it was the way Texas Tech lost. It wasn't who, it was the way mm-hmm. that it happened. And then TCU, it was just time. There was so much other stuff. It wasn't a you guys. <laughs> I don't think it was a you guys. Oh. Thing. There was okay, just so gotta, much other stuff. Got to correct myself. It was 24 of 30 for. 
almost 300 yards, not 400 yards. Jesus. Okay. okay. Well, but but know. in Skylar Thompson talk, that is almost like 400. Yeah. Well, in 2021 <laughs> Big 12 talk. In 2021 Big yeah. 12 talk, guys. I mean, Matt, we talked about this last week. Did you know 244 yards per game is leading the conference this year? Yeah, that, wow. that feels about That's right. I, one, I just don't think there are any dominant quarterbacks, right? The yeah. quarterbacks that are making the most impact are just the most efficient, right? Even the quarterbacks that are extremely explosive are doing it with their legs, right? Casey Thompson mm-hmm. at Texas on occasion, you have oh, a terrible with names today. Uh, the Oklahoma freshman, Caleb Williams, and you know Brock Purdy can do things. He's not very explosive, but when he's good, yeah. he's efficient. And it does seem like teams are leaning just leaning on the run that that traditional big 12 you know (laughs) running run games and defense right oklahoma state the personification of the big 12 just run jalen waddle eight thousand times for 450 (laughs) yards and play really good defense question mark yeah so yeah yeah the new age big 12 is a confusing one but it's it's fun it is yeah and then, you know, we talked about it a little earlier, but I think this could be a big game for Deuce. You know, Brees Hall went for almost 200 yards on this defense. Uh, last year, Deuce had his best game with Will Howard starting to that point. He ran for 102 yards against Baylor. I feel like he could do some damage this weekend. Yeah, I think I, I think if you are a talented running back, you will get your opportunities versus Baylor. You know, Kennedy Brooks was bottled up. Bijan Robinson was bottled up kind of bigger backs though Jalen Waddle was not bottled up <laughs> right <laughs> um you know so I, I think some of the shiftier backs will have success against Baylor this season but that's also somewhat by design I, I really do think so there will be a an effort to contain not stop and Baylor has been really good about making the other team extremely methodical and deliberate each time down the field limit big plays, make them execute multiple times over and over and over again. And if they do, cool, we can't, we're going to go do the same thing. I, I think that's the general approach. Or if there are multiple opportunities for third down pass rushes, that's where we want to be too and try to take the ball. With. So yeah, I, I think Deuce Vaughn will have a big game. Like, I don't think it's, I feel comfortable predicting that. It's a matter of, is that big game in context of yards? Is it a big game in context of scores? That's really what's mm-hmm. going to define the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And hopefully K-State's kicker can avoid missing any chip shots this week. <laughs> it, uh, it, it hurt Oklahoma last week against Baylor. They left about six points on the field. Burkich left about six <laughs> points out there. And he's, he's normally money. So, yeah, I, I, I think that special teams is usually where Baylor will – if not get an advantage, then keep an advantage, right? They may not generate any points, but they're not going to be giving any away on special teams. Um, it's just a complete team. Yeah, I got to say, of all the cool things that happened in the Big 12 this last weekend, my favorite was Scarabee's 62-yarder uh, to win the game. 62 yards. To just... Oh, and that had man. an extra five yards on it. I mean, dude, it was a monster. Like people, (laughs) people in the press box said that they immediately knew it was long enough. They just didn't know if it was going to be, you know, on target. And uh, it was, was, that was a fun game. Extremely stupid weekend in the big 12. Yeah. And then I didn't watch a lot of that game, but uh, I got the sense from my Twitter feed that a lot of replay calls went against Texas tech. So they kind of deserved that one. Yeah, if if I ever get to the point where I'm watching a majority of a Texas Tech football game, (laughs) please, please do a welfare check on me uh, because (laughs) things are not going well at home. Okay, okay. 
So, yeah, but also, I mean, I want to talk about OU a little bit. I think we're done with K-State, Baylor, what? I'll ask you to make a prediction later. But the OU game, I think there was kind of this sense, even before they played Baylor, that that they were sort of frauds. I mean, that's why the, the playoff committee, you know, not to give them any credit, but kept them pretty low. You know, they had played a lot of close games. So, I, I don't know. Did Baylor kind of expose them a little bit? And I mean, I, I don't think it was a question of, are they frauds? It was a question of, well, I think everybody knew that they weren't really in the tier of, you know, an Ohio State or, you know, maybe, definitely not a Georgia, right? It wasn't a question of, can they go win a national championship? It was like, are they good enough to be competitive in the playoff? That was the question. How good is Caleb Williams, right? Is he going to be able to generate an offense that we were used to seeing at Oklahoma? Because apparently Spencer Rattler can't do it. But the thing is that this OU team just isn't complimentary, really. Like this offense is either explosive or extremely not. This defense is either extremely disruptive on the D-line or they're not. And in the first half, Oklahoma absolutely was disruptive. In the second half, they absolutely were not. And that's where you saw this, the points get scored by Baylor. So I just don't know that it's a complete team. I don't think there's a talent issue. There is on the secondary a bit, but that Oklahoma team is, is good, but they're just not great. And honestly, I see Oklahoma State as being a favorite when they play in Stillwater. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, here's a question, though, a hypothetical if Oklahoma had managed to stumble past Baylor and stumble past everybody else and get to a perfect record, you know, maybe winning games by a touchdown or less, mm-hmm. would they have jumped Cincinnati? I say yes, but. Well, I think if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't, right? And if Cincinnati had blown out all of their opponents, they'd be number three, you know? Would they? Uh, probably. Like, I, I think you could go. Get I don't believe test. it. I, I don't but I just I think the committee hates Cincinnati and is gonna do anything they can to keep them. They out. shouldn't. They shouldn't. The Cincinnati team will. isn't as good as last year's Cincinnati team. So I really don't see them making the playoff, but it sucks that a P five team has I'm sorry, or a G five team has no chance. That really mm-hmm. sucks to me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not happy about it. Well, that's why we gotta shift conferences around every five years. Indeed. So. Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we're all in agreement then that Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. Do they have a yeah. shot at the playoff? Um, If they win in convincing fashion against Oklahoma and then again versus Baylor, assuming Baylor takes care of business, maybe, right? I think some of it yeah. depends probably on what probably need like out. Oregon to lose or something, um, which could happen, certainly. I think that yeah, Oregon team I, is not I that just, great. I don't trust this Oklahoma State offense to do what it needs to do against Baylor a second time, honestly, as, as, as short-sighted or green and gold vision glasses, it might be, I just don't see them repeating that success if it's not in Stillwater. Right. I think when they're in Stillwater, they're dangerous to anybody, 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 but if they're not, uh, what can that offense actually do? If you, if you can contain Jalen Waddle, does Spencer Sanders really scare you all that much for, for a good, for a good secondary? Not to me. Not to me. Sure. But let's not overlook the fact you're assuming a Kansas State lost this weekend when you say that. I'm not. I'm I'm not assuming that you, you <laughs> assumed that when you said a scenario. You I, I think I think Oklahoma State can go out and score, you know, one touchdown any given weekend and just literally not be able to score enough. So I, I think they can fall just as easy as any but any other team in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Okay. 
So with Baylor, I mean, obviously you guys like Dave Aranda, and it seems like LSU not interested in bringing him back. But were you concerned about that at all when they lost their coach? Dave Aranda is a is a funny cat, man. I think that a job as big as USC or LSU or Penn State or whatever job comes open, they'll be interested in Dave Aranda. I think that's just the you know drawback of having a really good coach at a smaller school. Dave Aranda doesn't strike me as somebody that'll just leave for the money as soon as he sees it. Um, I could be wrong, right? I thought Matt Rule was similar to that. Matt Rule was just a really good salesman. So I, you know, I've been burned before, but <laughs> I see Dave Aranda leaving for like one of four different jobs, right? Maybe some, you know, higher institutional standard schools on the West Coast, potentially. He's he's from California. That USC job <laughs> seems really political. Just that organization just seems like a mess. I don't know that he would want those headaches. I think he's found something that's a pretty good fit at Baylor. Mm -hmm. I know. I think Baylor's going to have to pay (laughs) and extend him and and give him a raise and and a bigger assistant pool. But I I think he's, I think he's comfy at Baylor for now. I don't see him leaving this year unless something dramatically weird happens with USC or Stanford or something like that. Like, I I don't know. I I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. see him leaving for LSU. I don't see him leaving for, you know, Texas when that inevitably comes open this year, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, we all know Lincoln Riley's going to LSU, right? I, I think it's so <laughs> funny. I realize there's no, no credence to it, but it's been a rumor that I've been pushing just for fun because it makes everybody uncomfortable. And that, that's fun for me. Well, speaking of funny rumors, and this one has some legs to it. Cause I think TCU actually gave him an interview, but Matt, how much do you want TCU to hire Deion Sanders? It would you know me too well, Luke. This is embarrassing. <laughs> you you have dialed in on my personality, and we've interacted less than I have interacted with my best friends, who also know this about me. It they they've decided to move in a different direction. They announced that today. But oh, that's a bummer. Okay. But man, that would have been so fun. Like, and not not like not sarcastically. I legitimately think that would have been a really fun twist for TCU, unless they have somebody that they know they can get at the end of the season. Why wouldn't you go? I don't know. I, why not go have fun? Like football's supposed to be fun. Go have fun. It's it's Deion Sanders for God's sake. So do that. Yeah. yeah. So the other coaching question I have is, and then someone pointed this out on Twitter: Texas Tech and Iowa State currently have the same overall record. One team <laughs> fired their coach. That. I didn't and... know that. That's so <laughs> <Yeah>. funny to <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it because I really enjoy Cyclone Tears. I, yeah. th- that, speaking of fan bases that I do not like, for some reason that Iowa State fan base just really gets on my nerves, and it, it has a lot to do with certain people online. Cyclone Larry excluded, he seems to be reasonably okay. But, yeah, man, that's so wild. I was but not isn't high it on interesting that, that one team fired their coach and the other team believes their coach is still, like, one of the hottest commodities out there? Like, I, yeah, he probably <laughs> is one of the hottest commodities yeah, out there. Yeah, but why? But why? <laughs> but why? A dude has completely forgotten about a third of the game of football in special teams. He <laughs> instructed his punter to punt to Tristan Ebner twice, totally changed the game in that Baylor game, and, you know, started their, you know, well, first off, they lost to Iowa, which does not look great now. But, uh, I mean, yeah, so I don't get it. Yeah, Matt Campbell, overrated in my mind, so I'm, I'll be happy when he goes and gets a job somewhere else and we don't have to worry about that anymore. But angry I mean, Matt I Campbell suppose, is a great thing to watch. 
yeah, I should acknowledge that, yes, I realize Kansas State has gotten their asses beat by Iowa State the last couple of years. It has not been pleasant. Details. So, Meh. Minor details. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. I guess, Matt, I mean, at this point in the season, are you, are you surprised that you haven't switched your focus completely over to basketball yet? It Look, <laughs> as much as I love college basketball, it does take me a little bit into December to really get into it, or some of those okay. first high-level games in November. I really just don't have a lot of attention span for playing games against Incarnate Word. And the Nichols <laughs> game today was actually quite fun. I, I think this Was that part team, of the 24-hour there. No idea. I just know that it was at 11 a.m. and I completely yeah. ignored work to watch it. <laughs> it. This Baylor team will have a a similar floor, but I, it, you know it obviously won't have the ceiling as last year's team. But man, it's just going to be fun. Some really good, impactful, like dynamic freshmen coming in, and some additional volume for guys like Matt Mayer, Adam Flagler, et cetera, et cetera. So, going to be a really, really fun season, and I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask: Are you gonna be a a big Marquise Noel fan? You know, Kansas State's five foot eight point guard who's really we flashy. we stay in a short point guard. It is so fun. <laughs> we love it. The Ace story from Oral Roberts. How do you not love it, man? It's so like mm-hmm. we love a short, dynamic point guard. Just one of my all time favorite stereotypes yeah. or or prototypes in the in the college game. For sure. Well, we've been kind of bouncing around here. Probably about time to to close this out. You want to give us a prediction for Saturday's football game? Look, I, I can give you two two different predictions here. One, if Baylor shows up and Baylor is the team that we like, some approximation of the team that we see at home, I think Baylor can win this game. I wouldn't even say comfortably, but like a ten point win that's a little nerve wracking in the fourth. Because I think Kansas State will continue to play well the entire game. Mm-hmm. If Baylor doesn't show up and they do this thing where they completely forget how to play offense or call offensive plays <laughs> on the road, it can get bad because I think this Kansas State team is disciplined enough to not just give up a game. In the end, I think it's probably a three or four point game, but I will say that probably bet the under, I would say 28-24 or 28-21 Baylor. So gonna gonna stick with my bears, but uh, it'll be close and stressful, and nobody will like it. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Um, I've made it pretty clear that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm gonna say, <laughs> two, let's call it crazy twenty nine twenty. Oh, that's sexy! One. I like that. I like twenty nine twenty one K State. Don't even care who like wins it. if it's a twenty niner. I, like I like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, sounds good, guys. Matt, thanks as always for coming on. People can follow you on Twitter. Matt is there. And how do they find uh, your your podcast? Yeah, just find it uh, Between Two Bears, wherever you find your podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Good Pods. So yeah, Between Two Bears, just like it sounds. Okay. What will you guys be talking about this week? This week, we recorded earlier today, (laughs) mostly just about how spiritually enlightening this weekend was and just <laughs> and just how much fun i think there was talk about evan eating at chili's during the game because he was at a wedding and just how depressing that is and okay. then it devolved into a bunch of different weird adult only directions so yeah go give that a <laughs> listen if your kids are asleep um, okay november weddings are the worst just terrible <laughs> all right well sounds good thanks matt for coming on my pleasure thanks yeah. derek
No problem. So, no problem. yeah. yeah.